Good morning, this is Christine DiGiacomo, and my topic today is morphing one thought at a time. A couple of days ago, I put out some questions for your consideration. Are you being transformed into a new creation? And if you are, how do you know? If you are not, what is binding you or stopping you? Well, at Women of Passion yesterday, I threw those questions out to my women and waited in silence as they thought and then began to respond. The ones who readily spoke up were those who believe they are in the process of spiritual metamorphosis, morphing into something that is more like Christ than before. How do you know? I asked them. Because I look back at how I would have responded not too long ago, and now I am different. Because even though my family has been in a long time of trial, I still have peace inside, and that is not really normal. Another said, because I am thinking more about God and listening to His voice rather than the destructive voices that have made me someone I didn't really want to be. And then later in the day, one precious friend responded to my email with those questions and told me that her world had been so crushed by a trusted so-called godly man who had sexually abused her for years as a child. Well, how could she trust a God who would let that happen? Ah, so the question comes, but if God is really a loving God, why does he allow suffering, especially in children? There are no easy answers to that one. Theologically, I know in my head that when sin entered the world, it could not be kept from going where it would, or as the evil one directed it. And that because God gave us free will, the combination of those two is what has led to so much pain and suffering that we could never get a grasp of it. Why did God allow Hitler to do what he did? Why does God let a young Christian mother of two small children get terminal cancer? Sometimes, the best answer to questions like those is no answer. To respond with the above position about free will and sin and the juxtaposition of those in the world would be cold and heartless. Perhaps the best thing to say is, I confess I do not know the answer to these things, but one day we will. I'm so sorry for what, it, what has done, been done to you. I'm sorry that your wife is dying. I'm sorry that you've experienced such tragic pain and loss. And then, if you are in any kind of relationship with that individual, love them well. Pray for their healing. Be compassionate and empathetic. Be trustworthy. Then, when they look you in the eye and say something like, I'd like to believe God is love, but it is so hard for me. I guess I feel I can't really trust him. Perhaps you could say, it seems like you might like to believe again. Why don't you just start by telling God that? When Lee Strobel, a vowed Jewish agnostic and law reporter for the Chicago Sun-Times, watched the dramatic changes in his wife's life after she became a Christian and wondered what it could all be about, he uttered a similar honest prayer. I don't really believe you are there, but if you are, show me. And God did. You see, God responds to our honest, simple prayers. He will meet us right where we are at, so to speak. So then, back to my women and yesterday. I probed a little more and said, so how do we continue to be transformed from an old creation to a new creation? One dear girl quickly said, by the renewing of our minds. Huh? Well, she knew Romans 12 too, where Paul says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Look that verse up, underline it. How do you renew your mind? Again, Romans 12, 2. So just how do you do it? Consider God's thoughts. 
For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. How do you know God's thoughts? Listen to his voice. Where can you be guaranteed to hear the voice of God? In his word. Oh yes, God speaks to his children in other ways, but he always speaks through scripture. Scripture reveals his thoughts, his heart toward us, his character, his plans for us, and the way in which we should go. That is why I do what I do, reading, studying, and writing to impart God's words to folks. God's word is life-changing to those who take it in. Loving Father, won't you increase our love for your word? Teach us from the blessed words of scripture. What else will aid in in morphing? Well, taking time out to pray daily, joining together with others who are seeking to know God more, participating in worship of God, and also sharing the faith you have in God with others. In closing, here is a blessing I wish to speak over you today. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Number six. Little story. A child's mother died. He continued to be troubled, especially at night. He would come into his father's room to sleep with him. He would not rest until he knew not only that he was with his father, but that his father's face was turned toward him. He would ask in the dark, Dad, is your face turned toward me now? And when he was assured of this, he was able to go to sleep. Now reread Moses' words and savor them for yourself. The Lord blesses me and keeps me, makes his face to shine upon me. The Lord turns his face toward me. Now you know why the little boy was comforted when his daddy's face was turned toward him. Friend, your father's face is turned toward you this day. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. If you would like, check out uh, YouTube and the song Draw Me Nearer. If you'd like to read a whole transcript of this or get the YouTube link, go to pastorwoman.com.